too. We're glad you're here this morning again, and hope you've come expecting uh, a blessing. And what a, a wonderful day uh, today is. And uh, I'm thankful to be able to be here uh, today and uh, continue to pray. I'm doing much better, but still not 100% just yet. Um, I'm learning that uh, I'm not as young as I used to be, and I don't recover as quick as I once did. Uh, and some of you know something about that, and uh, so uh, please keep those prayers coming. And uh, you know, uh, Easter is a special time uh, for us, and um, it, you know, there, there are a lot of important dates in history, and um, you're a history but I kind of like history. Um, you might too if you're not. There, but some interesting things have happened on April 9th uh, in years past. Uh, in 2005, uh, King Charles uh, married Camilla Parker Bowles, uh, so it's their wedding anniversary today. Um, so there was something else I was going to share with you. Um, the Suez Canal opened uh, in Egypt today, uh, back in 1957. Uh, so there were maybe a few of you around that uh, saw that uh, were around when that happened. Uh, in 18, none of you were around when this happened, but uh, in 1865, on April 9th, uh, Robert E. Lee surrendered uh, to Ulysses S. Grant uh, at the Appomattox Courthouse in Virginia, effectively ending uh, the Civil War. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, in 1413, Henry V was crowned King of England. Uh, so lots of things happened April 9th. But there was something that happened uh, nearly 2,000 years ago that changed the course of human history, and the world has never been the same since. Uh, and that was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, Friday we celebrate what we call Good Friday, even though it was a, a day of, of horrendous bloodshed and uh, great sadness, uh, because the Messiah of the world, uh, the King of kings and Lord of lords, uh, was crucified. And yet we call it Good Friday because by Jesus doing that, he paid my sin debt and your sin debt and the sin debt of all the world, that whosoever would call upon the name of the Lord should be saved. And that was a, an amazing day, but to be honest, people were killed for crimes... All the time. So that wasn't very particularly, meh, it was what it was. But it had a lot of significant consequence. But Sunday morning changed everything. And if you know the man that was raised that day, the day you came to know him and your life was resurrected, your life changed as well. And if you're here today or you're watching on the internet and you've not had that change, the great news is you can come to find that new life today. And so we take up in Mark chapter 16 today, at the end of the Gospel of Mark. Jesus has been uh, tried, if you will, before Pontius Pilate and uh, sentenced to death. Uh, 
he was beaten and mocked and uh, then put on this cruel cross uh, and ultimately gave his life. Uh, but then Sunday morning came. So Saturday was pretty quiet. But Sunday, things changed in ways nobody could have possibly thought. So if you'll read with me, we're going to start reading in uh, Mark chapter 16, beginning in verse 1. It says, Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and, and Salome, bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early on the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb in the sun had written when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. They said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they had laid him. But go and tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. And he will say uh, just as he said to you. And so they went out quickly and fled uh, from the tomb. For they trembled and were amazed. And they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. Now when he, speaking of Jesus, rose early the first day of the week, he had appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him, the disciples, as they mourned and wept. And when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. After that he appeared in another form to two uh, of them as they walked and went into the country. And as they went, they to told it to the rest. But they did not believe them either. Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons and they will speak with new tongues and they will take up serpents and if they drink anything deadly it will by no means harm, hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. What an amazing, uh, history-changing event that the resurrection is. It is something that changed the course of human history. 
is something that the world has never seen or never will see again. Because Jesus died for the sins of all the world for all time. His death was sufficient to pay my sin debt and your sin debt and the sin debt of all the world. That just one drop of His innocent, perfect, holy blood would have done that. But His resurrection and His coming back to life is where we find the power of new life in Christ. And that's the great news of the gospel. You see, because Jesus lives, we can live too. And there's hope that we have that only comes from what Jesus was able to accomplish, not just on the cross, but on resurrection morning. And so, this morning I want to see some invitations that the resurrection brings to us. First, the resurrection invites us to see. It was a sad Sunday morning to start with for at least three ladies that Mark mentions. The other Gospels only mention uh, two of these ladies. Uh, We see Mary Magdalene, uh, who was a a prostitute and a woman who had been uh, demon-possessed that Jesus healed and uh, changed her life. Uh, Mary, uh, the mother of James, Uh, And Jesus, very likely. And then a woman named Salome, who is very likely uh, James and John's mother. She's only mentioned, interestingly, by uh, Mark. But these ladies had bought spices, and they came on uh, Sunday morning because they couldn't do it on the Sabbath, because it was the Sabbath. And so... At first break of dawn, they got up and began heading uh, to this borrowed tomb to uh, finish preparing the body of Jesus for for burial. They got there. Now, Mark tells us they began to wonder once they got there, how are we going to move that big stone? Well, they don't go too far after they thought that, that they found that God had already taken care of that. They saw with their eyes that God had made provision. Um, but they, as they went, they saw something else. They saw this angel. And the angel gave the message that Jesus often gave to his disciples. He said, don't be afraid. He said, I know that you've come here looking for Jesus. But he's not here. He's risen. Remember, Jesus had told them earlier in the Gospels that his body would be uh, taken. He uses the the analogy of the temple that would be torn down. And then three days later, it would be raised again. And they didn't understand then. They didn't understand now. That Jesus wasn't talking about a physical building in the city of Jerusalem, but rather his body. And so the angel invites him to come and look at the place where Jesus laid. Another, one of the other Gospels tell us that what they saw there was Jesus' grave clothes neatly folded there on a rock. Jesus wasn't there. My goodness, what an astounding thing. 
and certainly an unexpected thing. Because we know that one of the laws of nature is that dead things tend to stay dead. But when God gets in the middle of things, natural laws don't mean much. Jesus was alive again. And so these women came and they saw, and they, like most of us, probably would have been. They were afraid, and they trembled, not understanding fully what on earth had taken place and what this all meant. They never experienced anything like this before. And imagine, you know, seeing somebody that you loved and coming to prepare their body for uh, burial and then finding them not there would certainly be undoing for all of us. And so the angel says, listen, he's not here. Go and tell the disciples what you've seen. And as they're going, guess who shows up? They find Jesus. And Jesus gives them greetings and uh, you know, tells them, you know, don't be afraid. They fall down, they, they worship him. And Jesus instructs them, go and tell the disciples that he's alive and that he wants them to go to Galilee uh, and he will meet them there. So guess what? The ladies go. And they tell the disciples. And the great majority of them don't believe them. They think these crazy ladies have got some bad communion wine and are overcome with grief and they are just out of it. Now, Luke tells us that there were some, Peter and James and John, didn't necessarily believe these three ladies, but were curious enough to go and see for themselves. But most of them stayed behind. And so then those disciples came and they saw the same things the ladies saw. And they went back and told these others. And guess what? They didn't believe them either. In fact, Thomas, you know, we call him Doubting Thomas, says, unless I see with my own eyes and touch the nail prints and the hands and the feet, I will not. And then Jesus shows up and he rebukes them because they didn't believe. Two different times people had told them. And yet they refused to believe. They refused to even look and to see. Let me just pause to remind us that Jesus understands our questions and our doubts. And when we question and we wonder, it does not undo God. He's not up there wringing his hands and saying, oh no, Aaron Baldridge doesn't understand this. What am I going to do? He is not undone by our questions. 
In fact, he created us as inquisitive beings with the ability to ask questions and to reason. The resurrection is not something that we take just by blind faith. But we have the eyewitness testimony of hundreds of individuals that saw a risen Jesus. They know that he was dead and was buried. And then he appeared to them again. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is one of the most attested historical events in history. Secular writers and Jewish writers, those that have, would have every reason to discredit the event, write about its historical accuracy. This man named Jesus was crucified. And he appeared alive in several different places. So the resurrection invites us to come and see. And part of seeing is questioning and experiencing for ourselves. I wish that you know, we could make it into this relationship with God and make it into heaven by our family tree, by being good, by the preacher liking us by going to church. But none of those things get us a ticket. The only thing that makes us right before God is acknowledging that we're a sinner and that the cost of sin is death. But also understanding that God loved us so much that He sent His own Son, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin. In other words, He hadn't sinned. But he became my sin and he became your sin. So that we could have eternal life. Because of his great love for us. And as we confess him as Lord and Savior. Our life is forever changed. But we don't just stumble upon that by some marvelous epiphany. We have to see it for ourselves. We have to see and we have to think and we have to search. And so understand that Jesus invites us. He invites us himself to come and see. Jesus issued that invitation multiple times in the Gospels in different contexts. The angel here on Resurrection Sunday invited these three ladies. And the resurrection invites us to come and to see for ourselves just what Jesus did. So that we can come to our conclusion for ourselves that Jesus is who he said that he was. And he did what he said he would do. But here's an amazing thing about the resurrection. And as we come to find the truth for ourselves... The resurrection invites us to share. Jesus gives the great commission here at the end of the Gospel of Mark. He says, go and tell what you've seen. And what you've heard. And what you've experienced. That others might know it. 
Jesus has done some amazing things. And when God works, he doesn't want it to be kept quiet most of the time. Most of the time we are said, go and tell. Well, unfortunately, far too often the gospel stops with us. We experience it and we're changed by it. But then we don't let it go any further and that's a shame. Because you see, Jesus didn't just die for you. Jesus died for the world. But whosoever would call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And what he means, you tell everybody. Because the reality is every single human being is a sinner that needs salvation. And the only way to find salvation is to find Jesus. And the only way that you're going to find Jesus is if someone tells you about him. Thankfully, somebody told me. I hope somebody's told you, and I hope you've responded. If not, you're hearing it now, so now you don't have any excuse. We've all now heard this message. And it's a message that for centuries has continued to change the world. And the reality, my friend, is the resurrection and its hope is the only hope this world has. Can I tell you folks, our world is in a hot mess. There's killings and shootings and wars and you know, starving people and people getting robbed and keep people getting stabbed and you know, all kinds of crazy stuff all around the globe. And we think foolishly that, you know what we need to do? We need to pass more laws. Guess what? Sinners and criminals don't follow the law. That's why they are. In fact, the Bible says the only thing the law can do is show you you can't keep it. Now, it doesn't mean the law is not important and that we just do what we want and we throw the law out. No, we we need some law and order. It helps us to know what's right and wrong and, and have some guidelines as a society. But laws is not what's going to change our world and make it better. Handshakes and peace treaties are not going to make our world better. Making resolutions that we're going to do better and that we're going to be kinder is not going to make it any better. The only thing that will make it better is when Jesus Christ changes us and then we in turn share that message and it changes others. And I tell you that our nation and our world would be a different place if some of the leaders that are in different places were changed by a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I tell you that Jesus can save everyone. And you are called to share the gospel with everyone. Republicans and Democrats and whites and blacks and Spanish and Chinese. There's no exceptions. Because everybody needs the gospel. And everybody can be changed by the gospel just like you were. 
And here's the thing, after 2,000 years, the resurrection is still changing lives. And that's the good message and the hope of the gospel and the message of Easter. But then lastly, the resurrection does something else. I want to suggest to us this morning that the resurrection invites us to see again. You see, Jesus gave the Great Commission. And then Mark records for us what happened. The people did what Jesus said. And guess what they saw? They saw that God was faithful to His promises. He saw people's lives being changed. He saw people getting saved. He saw hope where there once was despair. They saw life where there once was death. That can only happen by the power of God. And they saw God doing and working miracles in their midst, just like Jesus said and promised that He would do. Friends, often we are afraid to do what God has asked us to do. We allow fear, we allow political correctness to keep us quiet. We allow busyness to keep us from doing what God has called us to do. But Jesus invites us, come and see again. You saw and it changed your life, but come and see again. You see, we as Christians, we need to continually to see the gospel and the message of Easter fresh and anew so that we are constantly reminded, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And then we have this realization, you know what? If God can change and clean up a mess like me, He can do it to anybody. And there are people all around you, my friend, in your family and in your neighborhoods and in your workplaces that need the hope of the resurrection. And here's God's promise to you. If you will share, if you will go and preach to every creature, you'll see God work. You see, the power and the astoundingness is not in you sharing. The astounding going-ons come from God working, not from you. But here's the thing. God uses you as part of His plan. God uses you to be His hands and feet. To share this gospel message that the resurrection happened and it changes everything. And friend, when we forget that as Christians and it just becomes humdrum, we're in trouble. And so Jesus says, listen, you keep going. In our English, this is a present Uh, tense command. He said, go. When Jesus spoke these words, it was not present tense. Jesus said, as you are going, in other words, go and don't stop going. It's not a, well, I went, so now I'm done. No. As you are going, preach the gospel to every creature. Every person that you come across, make sure they know that God loves them and that you love them. 
Make sure they know that Jesus Christ can change their life. You see, you don't have to have all the answers figured out. You don't have to have a theology degree. You don't have to have the Bible memorized. All you have to do is say, listen, I came, I saw, I looked. I experienced Jesus Christ for myself and He changed my life. You know what? An atheist can argue with the Bible. Satan knows the Bible better than any of you do. But one thing an atheist can argue with is that Jesus Christ has changed your life if He has. And that is the greatest uh, claim and the greatest presentation of the gospel is your changed life because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So friend, if you, Jesus invites us to come and to see and then he invites us to share what we found. And here's the thing. Then he invites us to come see that he said what he said and he meant what he said. And he's faithful to his word. Come and find for yourself the faithfulness of God. You see, it's not just enough for the preacher to stand up here and tell you those things. You've got to experience them for yourself. Preacher can help you and lead you in the right direction, but you've got to make the decision for yourself. And every individual has to make the decision for themselves. These hard neck, crazy disciples didn't believe. Immediately. They eventually did come to believe. When Jesus showed up and scolded them. And I tend to think he was a little bit more harsher than comes across in our uh, New Testament. They eventually did believe. The day of Pentecost eventually happened. And these 11 men that were at one time cowered in an upper room changed the world. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Friend, as we close this morning, has the resurrection changed you? If it hasn't, today it can. You'd say, you know what, preacher? Yeah, the resurrection changed my life. Are you sharing that? You told somebody lately about what Jesus has done in your life. And told them that if he did it in your life, he can do it in theirs too. Has the resurrection, has Easter morning become just routine for you? Has it become something that, yeah, it's no big deal? Listen, this is the most exciting day of the year. It should be for you as a child of God. To remember that, and by the way, Jesus didn't just raise, and he's not just alive today. He's alive every day. And he'll be alive again next Sunday too. And you come experience that for yourself and keep that alive in your heart so that others might see Jesus working in you. Say, so you know what? If Jesus can work and clean up that person, he can do the same for me. You don't have to have all the answers. All you have to do is say, hey, come see. Come check it out. Look and see what you find.
pray together. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the resurrection and its power to change lives. Lord, our sin debt is paid because of the cross of Calvary. But we are raised to newness of life and are new creatures because of the resurrection. We have hope. We have new life. We have something to sing about because of the resurrection. Lord, if there's someone here today that doesn't know you, they've never made that profession of faith, they've never examined these things about Jesus Christ and these claims that he was the Messiah. Lord, would you help them to see for themselves Lord, help us as your children be faithful to share the gospel. Lord, help us to experience the gospel anew and afresh for ourselves every day that we would never, ever forget that I once was lost, but now I'm found. Help us, we pray, to be your hands and feet. Help us to be faithful to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together and we're going to sing a hymn of invitation. If God spoke into your heart today, there's a decision you need to make. Friend, won't you surrender to the Lord today? Won't you do business with God? Let's sing together.